Hello, everyone, and welcome to Alligator Preserves. I am your host, Laurel McCarg, and I have a very special guest for you today, all the way from Indiana. Her name is Savannah Tully. Welcome to Alligator Preserves, a weekly podcast about revealing yourself through storytelling, story reading, and story writing, but probably not story arithmetic because that's not a thing. You just might surprise yourself with the secrets you'll uncover. Savannah, welcome to Alligator Preserves. Thank you. (laughs) Well, you are um, almost the youngest person I've had on my podcast so far. Uh, I did, I interviewed a winner last year of a writing contest and he was still in high school. So he might be the youngest, but you're the second, I'm going to say you're the second youngest. Are you going to tell everyone how old you are? I am 18 years old and I just graduated high school. Yay. So tell our, tell our listeners a little bit about you, you Indiana girl. I am from Bristol, Indiana, which is very Northern Indiana, almost in Michigan. And I just spent my senior year in Colorado at a little private school. There was only 15 kids and it was such an amazing experience. All right. So I'm going to jump right into this and I'm going to ask you why, what brought you to Colorado? How did you get into this program and why did you choose to leave Indiana and spend your senior year, a big year for high school students in a different state in in my state, which, you know, I'm glad you did, but tell us why you did that. Um, So I worked at a summer camp my senior, my summer before my senior year. And I loved it. And there was a school right next to my summer camp and we went over just for dinner and they told us all about it. And I was, I just fell in love immediately. And so I talked to my parents and they were like, we can make it happen. And I was really super excited for my soccer senior year, playing soccer and everything. So it was a big transition for me, but it was definitely worth it. And I'm really glad it happened. That is fabulous. And for listeners out there, I met Savannah Tully because I'm in the Central Colorado Writing Group, writers, and we had a contest for youth writing, and Savannah entered it. There was a very broad theme, the theme being someday, you know, do write us a fictional story about someday, which gave you lots of leverage, and you ended, ended up winning the, the bronze prize for your story, Mangrove's whisper life and death, which I read. And, and it's, it's really stunning. What was your inspiration for that story? Have you ever read Where the Crawdads Sing? Yes. Just I recently, love, as a matter of fact. Yes. I that book. So it's it was kind gorgeous of gorgeous book. It was kind of similar to that, like with the mangroves and the, just like the ocean. Um, I live nowhere near the ocean, obviously, but. Indiana's I, not on an ocean. <laughs> <laughs> pretty close, but no, um, <laughs> We, I've been to Florida many times and I just love the idea of the mangroves and we fish a lot. So I know like the wildlife and I just thought that was a really interesting kind of concept. And I loved where the crawdads sing with kind of like the storyline. So it's kind of similar to that. It is. It really is. And your ability to capture nature is wonderful, which you do in your poetry book, which we'll talk about in a minute. Listeners out there, you can read Savannah Tully's story, Mangrove's Whisper, Life and Death, on the CC Writers website. And I'll have a link to that in my show notes uh, after this. It's a, it's really 
a beautiful story. And I'm glad you were one of our winners. So yay, that's how I met you. And then you told me while we were having, after the award ceremony, you said something like, you know, I write poetry and I published my first poetry book. And And I said, what? And I, you know, after I saw you, I went on Amazon and I bought your book, Six Tall Trees, which you have written. This is a poetry collection written and illustrated. So uh, before we get into this, though, you just came back from a trip. You just came (laughs) We both have it. Imagine that. (laughs) Yeah. My copy is not signed, so you're going to have to come back to Colorado and sign my copy. But you just came back from Costa Rica. I think you were taking a trip. What were you doing there? So I went on a service trip with a group from my old high school. So before I went to Colorado, um, I was in the Rotary for the city. The Rotary City Group puts on an um, interact group. So we do service work um, in the city when we're not in school. Um, and then so at the senior, the end of our senior year, we go on a trip to Costa Rica because the leader has just connections there. And so we worked at a library, which is what they do every year. They work at this library in Nosara, Costa Rica. It's the only one, only rural library in Costa Rica um, that's funded by that's not funded by like the government and everything. So that was pretty cool. It's called the David Kitson Library, if you ever want to look it up. Send me a link to it. Yeah. So we just worked there with Beverly. She's like the head. She like owns it and she works there. And it was dedicated to her husband that passed away. So she's Beverly Kitson. Um, and we worked there and we just cleaned the shelves for her this time. Um, but we whatever she needs, we do. And we spoke with little kids that are learning English. So we got to learn English with them and obviously our Spanish. But that's basically what we did. We just helped out whatever they needed. And did you leave copies of Six Tall Trees with them at the library? I did have two copies with me, but I forgot to leave her copies. But I'll probably send her one eventually. Just I think you should. Yeah. I absolutely think you should. It should be in all libraries. So you are a published author at 18. And you probably did you publish this when you were 17? No, I was 18. All right. So let me just read something on, on the back of it, which kind of blew me away. Through the dirt on my feet in the air we all share. I find peace in struggle and triumph. <sighs> How, how do you know about stuff like this? You're only 18. How, <laughs> how did you get to be so wise? I I think the biggest kind of turning point, my grandma passed away two years ago. And that was kind of my biggest turning point for realizing how cool nature is and how, because I see her in everything. I see her in all the flowers and all the, and there's a few poems about her in the poetry book, but she was like my best friend. And <laughs> that happened I was like so heartbroken but it was like it was kind of a hard time but it definitely made me realize how cool the earth is and how just how great it is to have everything around you and appreciate that and other people too so that's definitely the biggest turning point for that and how long have you been writing poetry go ahead and pick up your book (laughs) (laughs) Um, I've written a few poems in school, like in middle school and high school, but this year in English for senior year was definitely the first time I like really got into poetry and really understood how cool poetry was. So this year, probably. And so you decided your senior project was going to be a poetry collection rather than a short story collection. Do you have enough short stories written that you could do a collection of those yet? I could. That could be next. (laughs) 
I think that should be next because after reading your short story, I definitely want to read more of your work. So have you studied Eastern religions because your understanding of things being neither good nor bad, they just are, is a really mature mindset. So how did you get that I, that notion? Because it's in here. And let me just let me just read you one of the poems. Let's see which one. Mountain mindset, if you don't mind. I will read this one. The mountains hold many of my memories. They tell stories of the summer nights and the winter mornings, birth and death. The mountains know no good nor bad, just now, today, not tomorrow. How do you know this? Um, so I grew up in Christian science. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard, but that was my school. It was also Christian mm-hmm. science. So I really think as a Christian scientist, I be- that's how I see the world. And that's how I grew up with all the people around me, that everything is just so good and pure. And yes, challenges may occur. And yes, things do happen. But that's not like what we see. And that's not like what you should focus on in major points. Um, that's why there are challenges and not problems that's kind of how I just grew up seeing things and in the nature so I've always like had that kind of viewpoint and seeing people and seeing the good in people so that's wonderful and we need more people like you on this planet Uh, one of my cousins studied this type of philosophy and I remember um, I had had a surgery and she was talking about pain and she said it's not it's not good it's not bad. It just is. And so trying to get my mind around that. I mean, there are people my age now who don't get that yet. And and you get that, which is beautiful. And thank you for that. You have to balance the, the good and the bad on this planet, right? We need some positive thinking out there. So this, you have a lot of poems in here and you, you separate them out. You, you've got four parts. You've got my branches, roots to the trees, the forest around me, an ache of humanity, four different parts to this book. Do you have favorite poems? I do, yeah. Do you? Would you yeah. Would you read a few for us? I'll start with, it's on page 10. So it's in okay. the first, it's called Boundaries. Rock to ocean, sand, soil, sky. The boundaries of earth stretch near and far. An embrace of the sun, a pace of none. Trace to all else the love from above. The stars look down on us like our ancestors, shooting to know we see them and they see us. A black, empty blanket that covers everything you have dear to you now. That's boundaries. Tell me a little about that. So... Um, At school, we go on trips um, and like camping trips and just for we do school out in nature. Um, So we would go to Utah a lot at Moab, Utah. Mm. Yeah, I've been there many times a week. My husband and I go there on for vacation and we just spend so much time out on trails and on the water. And it is a spectacular place. Yeah. Yeah. So. I often choose to sleep outside because we got we kind of get the choice to either like sleep in a tent or sleep outside. And I love to sleep outside because you can see all the stars. And I love to watch for shooting stars. I think that's the coolest thing ever. And so every time I kind of see shooting stars, I think of my grandma because I think it's just like 
I see her and everything again. But that was definitely like the ancestors part and thinking about like everyone. So I think that's kind of a cool concept to think that they're all watching over us and how the stars never die. And that's kind of cool. It is beautiful. And I'm not sure about where you live in Indiana, but out in Moab, the sky is so big and being able to see the Milky Way and, you know, just different galaxies, everything is so big and so clear. Yeah. Definitely way clearer than where I live, but yeah. All right. Give give us another one. One's on page 41. I think that's part of the second section. It's called transplanted with perfection. The man I call brother, a blessing planted in another yard whose seedling blew to ours. Although the same family by blood born of two different kinds of love. You don't have my eyes, but you have our heart. I have watched you pave the path and shake the yard with laughter. My brother, we will always love you no matter the hardships you go through with you. You've got a story behind this for sure. Yeah. So my, I have three siblings and they're all much older than me. But my oldest brother was adopted from my aunt. My mom and dad adopted him when they got married. And him and I are 16 years apart. Just mm-hmm age gap but he is one of my favorite people all along with my other two siblings which that's the six tall trees in my family but he is definitely whenever I we have really tall pine trees in our backyard and I always just think of him when I look at the trees and he's just such a solemn person and all the things he's gone through is definitely paved the path for me but yeah I'm sure he is delighted by what you've written yeah does he talk to you about this? My mom loves it too. Yeah. They have yeah. It. Was he, was he embarrassed? No, I don't, I don't think so. Well, that's he pretty was. darn nice. Yeah. And another thing I, and I, you, you might, you're going to read another one maybe, but I wanted, I also want to talk about your illustrations because you illustrated yeah. this book yourself too. Mm-hmm. And your illustrations are so much fun. They remind me of Etch-a-Sketch drawings. Yeah. Did you do so, that purposefully? It's like you, yeah. you you did these sketches, I think maybe without taking your pen off they're, the paper. Yeah, they're one line sketches. They're wonderful. Yeah, they're all one line. Yep. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. Read us another one. This is my last one. It's called Our Future. It's on page 69. I am sorry to the children that surround us who know nothing of what is happening. We stepped on the past. The rushing mighty current flowing do down due to the pull of gravity, submerging all who is near, communities of these pouring across the area. Water supports and sustains life, but do not be dismayed, it can drown it too. We stepped on the past. Tell me about that line. I think a lot with with trees, saplings get stepped on a lot, um, just because they're so little and people don't really notice them. But that's kind of what I thought about being the past and the future, being the little kids and little saplings and us stepping on the ground and just not looking what we're doing, but not respecting nature. Yeah. 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 We see that a lot. It makes me sad. It makes me sad when I still see litter on the side of the road. I'm like, really? Do do people driving think that there are litter fairies who come and pick stuff up? I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, let me let me read one that I love because I love haiku, 
And I'm sure you knew that you wrote a haiku on page 80, winter. The trees live through snow. Why can't we live through hard times? Wake up and live now. So again, your understanding of time, of being present. Have you read Eckhart Tolle's The Power of Now? I have not. I think you need to read that. It's an older book. I read it a long time ago. I need to reread it. And it really, in a whole book, it says what you just said in the haiku. So kudos, kudos on you. (laughs) Do you have, does your family talk about things like this? Like, do you, what's a typical evening like in your family? If I could um, so be so bold my, as to ask. Yeah. Um, so it's just my mom and dad at home with me because everyone has moved out. But we work a lot. My parents work a lot just around the house. And my dad works so much doing things for other people and whatever he can do to help people. Um, so we're constantly moving. So dinner is usually late. But we eat dinner together. So it's my mom, my dad, and I. And then we have a little silver lab. Her name's Finley. She sits with us, too. Yeah. But yeah, we spend a lot of time outside too, because we have a big backyard and we just work outside all the time. But it's definitely surrounded by being together. My dad and I like to watch shows at nighttime too together. But my mom's home during the day with the dog. So she's always home when I get home. And I love that too. Do you have a favorite show that you watch together? I'm always Um, looking for new ones. Yeah, we watch Star Wars a lot. We watch The Mandalorian and we loved that together. But And the new season just came out that we haven't watched yet. All right for a while but do you have a garden on your property we do um we used to have a horse so it's a big huge really big pin but now we turned it into a really big garden um yeah and I bet things grow really well there because of past things that have been left on the ground our cucumbers (laughs) and zucchinis get really big they're like huge yeah so what has been the most challenging thing for you as, as a high school student, because you're not one anymore. But when you look back, what do you think was the hardest thing for you, for you to do? Yeah, um, I think just the people around me. I had a really hard time just kind of like seeing the good and everything. And I think that kind of went, led into my schooling. I didn't really want to go to college um, last year. And I was like, I'm not really into like more schooling. Um, just because it was just so many people for me and being around that many people. But now I am really excited for college um, after going to Link and being in such a loving environment. Um, I'm really excited for college and I don't know. I'm really excited for what's next. Where will you be going? I'm going to the Missouri University of Science Technology. Awesome. That's Mm -hmm. fabulous. What was your favorite subject in school? Um, oh gosh, this past year, I really loved Spanish, so I'm minoring in Spanish in college, um, but nice. I, I love science and obviously, but science has always been, and art, I do love science and art. Science and art. And yeah. What was your most challenging subject? Definitely Hardest subject. Math. Definitely math. Yeah. But it's getting better. Yeah. Yeah. Mine too. Mine too. Yeah. Mine too. I, I loved writing and yeah, literature and drawing and sculpting and math was always my nemesis. Yeah. 
have to write a story about math being my nemesis. Um, I'd read I, <laughs> so, so many stories. Do you keep a log of story ideas? Maybe. Mm-hmm. I do I have kind of, they're like kind of all over, but I have this little notebook. It's, I don't know where it is right now, but um, <laughs> I do keep poems in there. Um, and I do, I have it on my phone too. If I ever don't have my little notebook with me. I have a lot of voice memos on my phone oh, yeah. because when I go out walking, and sometimes, sometimes I'll listen to a, a, an audio book, but most of the times when I'm out walking, I, I like to just have my muse visit me. And I don't know how many times I pull out my phone and leave a voice memo because it's amazing when you're outside and in nature, mm-hmm. everything speaks to you. Now I have, this is a huge question yeah. for you because you, you call this the biggest question, the biggest question. Will I be enough for a lifetime? Oh my gosh. What? Oh my gosh. Will I be enough for a lifetime? This is so unlike how most people think, I, I believe. I believe most people are of the mindset that there's not enough lifetime for me. Right. I mean, that, and as you get older, you realize there's less lifetime for you, Yeah. but will I be enough for a lifetime? Whoa. Explain. So this is majorly based on like trees. Um, trees don't have a lifespan. I don't know if you knew that, but I, trees I don't. don't, trees don't have like a certain age they live up to. They just have natural causes of death kind of um either whether that's natural or human whatever that may be fire um storms and stuff like that but they don't have a certain specific lifetime that they live um and so you see trees that die when they're like five years old or you see trees that are like 200 years old and they just grow and grow and it's i think that's such a cool concept and often with kind of that good and bad and living now mindset i really live kind of like that like we don't have a certain time that we need to live and living now is kind of that important so will I be enough is kind of like staying focused on living now and not worrying about will you be enough you are wise beyond your years Savannah Tully let me just tell you that you probably hear that from everyone do you hear that from everyone I do not but it's cool to hear it (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness. Are you in a writing group? I'm not. Hopefully it will be. Hopefully there will be like poetry groups in college. If I Okay. All right. I'm and do you see yourself uh, writing novels? What are your big goals for writing? Yeah. Um, I don't really have any right now, but I do definitely want to publish another poetry book, however long that may take and however what that might be about, but... That's definitely my next step because I do love poetry and I think people love poetry too. And the way you, oh, I'm going to read another one because on page 11, want, it's called want. Want is desire. Want is in the flame of the fire. Want is in the lies from the liar. Want is what is for sale on the flyer. Want is the other side of the barbed wire. Want is what gets us higher. 
Want is how we inspire. I don't know if you know what you did here. Do you know what you did here? I do not. What did I do? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I wrote down pros and cons of want, but you go from want being kind of a negative thing to an inspiration. You show the pros and the cons of want, right? Sure. For sale, lies, and then all of a sudden it gets inspired. That's how we inspire. You, you, that poem evolved over the course of all the little wants there. Yeah. With your little sketch, which I love the little one line sketch, man. I love these sketches so much fun. And the formatting in the book too. Did you have a a lot to do with this? Did you do this yourself or you did? did? Yeah. So, you know, how did you make those decisions? Because the poems are, you know, kind of all, all over the pages up, some are high, some are low, some are left centered, some are right centered. That was an artistic decision on your part too. I mean, there's yeah, that was part of the creation of this beautiful book. Yeah. So, how did you make it those was, decisions? It was definitely definitely focused on what the poem was saying, and I tried to keep them out of the crease if they were really long poems. So, like, I centered it to the left or centered it to the right, but. I think spacing kind of also helps with telling the story and the shape of the palm. And I think the shape palms are really cool. There's a few of them in there, but I think the shape definitely tells a story, maybe a different story too, but that was definitely an artistic choice of not keeping them, making them all different. So somehow you need, you need to take art courses too in college. I'm just saying that you might need to have a couple of minors or a couple of majors. I can do that. Or majors and minors and, and all of that. Holy yeah. mackerel. You have, you, is it difficult having so many talents? No, you make time for it if you love them all. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm also playing soccer in college, but. Of course. Yeah. There, there will be stories there too. Yes. Um, do you have uh, any writing tips for young people out there who are interested in writing and maybe don't know how to start or maybe can't imagine how they would come up with their own poetry collection that they could publish? I, the first thing I tell everyone is just to write it all out. Like if if you're ever feeling like feelings or if you ever, sometimes I just am sitting in nature and I'll look at a tree and I'll be like, what can I write about this tree? And it's, it's a lot like, Poetry takes time, but it also can be really quick. If you notice something like haikus are really fun because you just, I use my fingers and I count them out. But oh yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> one two three four five, one two three four yeah. seven. Yeah. But poetry's everywhere, um, and I think it's really cool when people write and share their poetry. But and you can write and not share your poetry. Both are equal. Have you have you journaled most of your life yeah. or yeah? Uh, not most of my life, but kind of recently. I think writing is really important to just everything and growth um, with goals and everything. But I think you can find out things about yourself yeah. when you write. I, so. I kept a journal all, you know, mostly through high school and, and yeah. I used it as my free shrink. I mean, yeah. everything. Yeah. And when I was yeah. angry, angry, the writing was really, really big and crazy and messy. And when mm-hmm. I was feeling, 
good and, and artistic, it would be, I would work on my penmanship. <laughs> penmanship? Um, what's that? <laughs> Billy Collins. Billy Collins is a really big poet. Do you know who Billy Collins is? No. He's, well, he's really, he's really good. But he talks about poetry being like a, um, like your poetry being, what am I thinking of? Oh, like your diary. And it's kind of like you're unlocking it for everyone to read. And he says that's how he says poetry. And I think that's a cool definition. And I love hearing definitions of poetry just being spoken in a neat concept. But he's really right. smart when he talks about that. And you talked about po- poetry being either difficult or easy. You know, mm-hmm. And again, haikus are fun. They're fast. You only have 17 syllables. Sometimes it's difficult to use all 17 syllables well. Yeah. But a poem is is a huge story that you have to condense to so few words. So that's, I mean, that's the challenge. It really, it's it's not just because things are short doesn't mean they're easy. Yeah. And I, I really love show, short poetry. There's not very many long poems in there, but there are a few. But I really mm-hmm. love short poetry because it, I think it really tells a deeper story and you have to find that deeper meaning in it, whether whatever that means to you. Um, but I really like the shorter poems because they really get deep or not deep and you can kind of use your own discretion to see what they mean to you. Right. Like a piece of artwork. Everyone will read your poems and they will all bring to them their personal histories and they, they will read into your poems, things that you might not have intended and, and, you have to be okay with that. Once you publish something, right? It's not yours anymore. It's, it belongs to the world yeah. to do with what they will, which yeah. is a little scary. And so, you know, congratulations on publishing this. It, it, it was brave. Thank you. Yeah. So how will you use this? How will you use this poetry book in the, in the future? I think it's like a step towards kind of sharing how I feel about the world and sharing my views. Like you said, um, but I think it's helpful when I'm talking to people too, just to be kind and always remember the things that I write about and keep that in your kind of like the back of your head to remember that and just re- remember what's important in life. I think it's a big takeaway from writing this poetry book. But beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Thank you. Will you send me links of the schools that you talked about and maybe some of your favorite books and, and a couple pictures? I'm going to put it, um, I'll have links and photos on my blog at leadvillelaurel.com. And what else would you like the world to know about you, Savannah? Because uh, the, the world is lucky to have you in it. Yeah. What I else actually, are you going to do for us? I actually paint, hand. I hand make birdhouses because I love birds too. But I, I think hand, I see one behind you on your shelves. A little one. A little pink one. <laughs> um, but I make big ones for, and we have them in our backyard and birds live, them, live in them. But I do love doing that and I love painting them. I'll send you a few pictures of those too, but that's what I do as well. Yeah. Okay. Do you, do you have any uh, friends going to college with you? Anyone you, you'll know? Um, I do have a few friends that not from around me, but I know just people from other states and my roommates on the soccer team. So I'll be. Oh, that's good. That's good. Any fears about the next? Is it going to be a four year education? Mm -hmm. Okay. Maybe more. Biggest, biggest, biggest concern. I think just 
going into it head first is exciting. I have yeah. no idea what's happening, but I'm excited. I think that's fabulous. The world is yours. You can do with it what you will and make decisions. Make good de- make good decisions. Here's the mother of me coming out. Make good decisions. Uh, my husband will say, or, or he has learned that you are the the amalgamation of the the five people you hang around with the most. So make sure that those five people you hang around with the most are are good people and don't bring you down because you're going to find people out there who all they want to do is complain and all they want to do is find fault and all they want to do is see the dark cloud, not the silver lining in it. So protect yourself from those people because you'll, you'll bump into them. Words of advice from an old mom. (laughs) Savannah Tully. This is, what's your middle name? Savannah J. Tully. Jane. J-A-Y-N-E. Jane. Savannah Jane Tully. I am so proud of you for doing this. And I am so happy that I met you. And I am envious of the, you going off and starting an exciting new life. And you will keep in touch with me when you publish again. Yes. Yes. Okay. All right. Well, thank you again for your time with us and people out there. We've just been visiting with Savannah Tully Buy her book, Six Tall Trees, a poetry collection. Where can they find it, Savannah? They can find it on Amazon and on Barnes and Noble. And I also have it on my Instagram. I have a little link that you can order it from me directly. It's the same price, really, with shipping, like the Amazon and everything. And if you buy it for me, I usually sign them. So, All right. Well, I might just mail this. I might just mail this to you. You have to give me your your mailing address after this. But I will have those links. on my website, Savannah. Thank you. And have a lovely rest of the weekend. Is it, what's it, what's it like? There's a summertime in Indiana yet? Yeah. It's really hot. How hot does it get there? Usually like 80. Oh, that's nothing. That's nothing. That's nothing. Yeah. That's nothing. Well, thank you again. And I look forward to hearing from you. Yeah. All righty. Bye. Alligator Preserves is hosted and produced by Laurel McCard with technical support provided by her husband, Mike McCard. Follow her on her website at leadvillelaurel.com where she writes about life, real, and imagined. If you enjoyed this podcast, you might enjoy her books. Find her work at amazon.com.